Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Grass withers and the flower fades. The word of our God stands forever. This is the fourth Sunday in our Advent series. We've been working through this text. Uh, if you're the first time with us in this Advent season, believe it or not, we've been spending four weeks on these two verses When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive our adoption as sons. We've been spending a lot of time, three weeks, talking about this idea. The first Sunday, when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son with the idea that God is a God who has a plan. There is a purpose. In order for there to be the fullness of time... You have to be intending to do something. Otherwise, there's no such thing as the appropriateness of time. Everything's just kind of chance. But we see that God is a God who has a purpose and He has a plan. He has a fullness of time. And when that fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. So not only does God have a plan, not only does He have a purpose, but He has the power to do what He wants to do in that plan. And so he sends his son in the fullness of time. God has a plan. He has the power to work it out. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. And he sends forth his son. And he's born of woman, born under the law. We see he's the plan and the purpose. And this, this son who is born is fully man. The problem that has come into the world was caused by man. This world, broken as it is, is not the world as God created it. Genesis 1, we know that God created everything, and He says, it is good. And at the end of it all, after the creation of man, He says, it is very good, and then God rests on the seventh day. But then it doesn't take us long, does it, to get into Genesis 3, where we see the fall of man. And because of the sin of the first Adam, it plunges the world and all of humanity into sin into brokenness, sin and brokenness and all of the terror that we see in the world around us is the result of the sinfulness of man and the sin of the first Adam. And so, since man caused the problem, the good news is that man comes and fixes the problem, but no, it's, it's none of us here. There is a man, God, in the fullness of time, sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, born as a true man, Jesus Christ is born and he fulfills the law. He fulfills the law as true man. True man caused the problem and we needed a real representative, one of us, to come and fix it. That's exactly what Jesus did. Fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem. To redeem those who were under the law. This purpose is, this this reason for the sending of the son is for our redemption so that we would be reconciled to this creator God. The incredible news that this sovereign, holy, righteous, perfect God is going to show up, as we talked about last week, 
is going to show up and our reaction should be like the shepherds. Remember the reaction of the shepherds when the angels show up? They're terrified. Every time you see angels show up in Scripture, the the first words are fear not, right? Fear not. Why do they have to say that? Because everyone's terrified. They, They settle it. Fear not. I'm not here to destroy you. That when this being of perfect righteousness, of sinlessness shows up, it terrifies you because you know I'm a sinner and when righteousness shows up, I deserve judgment. Jesus shows up, this God sends forth his son and you'd expect him to wipe out all of the rebellion. But instead of that, what does he do? He shows up to bring redemption. To bring redemption. The amazing news of the gospel that this son is sent to redeem that sinners, like all of us in this place this morning, might be forgiven and reconciled back to this God. And so, that's the summary. We move on in verse 5 this morning to finish up this verse, the last half. God, in the, when the fullness of time had come, sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that, so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is a shocking way to end this sentence. I, we get so caught up in, in just kind of our familiarity with Scripture and the way, that, the way that it sounds and the words that it has that there's so much familiarity bent into, or built into this language. We hear something like, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And it's just, oh yeah, okay, that's, that's what it says. And just out of familiarity, the weight of what's being said there is lost on us. We get so used to the language, terms like redemption, terms like adoption, forgiveness, and we get so used to the recognition of, the, of Christ being born. He's born in a manger. Um, you know, he's, he's born on Christmas Day. He dies somewhere along the line, and then he, he comes back to life. And we just become so familiar with this narrative that it ceases sometimes to really hit us like it's supposed to. When I read and have spoken it many times here this morning, when we read the end of this line, so that we might receive adoption as sons, did you marvel at that? Fullness of time had come. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Did you marvel? We should. You should. When I, and the reason why I'm asking you did is, is because working through this passage, trying to get ready for this, I read over it many times and just read it like it was just another part of the story. Step one, step two. Oh, that's okay. Jesus comes, adoption. Jesus comes, uh, redemption. Yeah, okay, this is the story. But this is not how Paul treats this. He's not... Okay, this and now moving on to the next thing. Yeah, Jesus, redemption, adoption, moving on to the next thing. There is this amping up that Paul is getting to here with this redemption that comes and then this adoption. We uncover that in the beginning of verse verse 5, that his purpose is to redeem. But then we have something even greater coming on the heels of this redemption. It doesn't just end at redemption. It moves on into adoption. It's incredible. Does anybody, this is a very serious question, does anybody 
ever watch The Price is Right. I'm serious. If you guys, everyone knows what the price is. I know, I know you don't choose. Maybe some of you do. No offense. But most of the time you end up at a doctor's office somewhere or in the hospital or the dentist's office. And it seems like, or you go visit some of the nursing home or something, and what's on Price is Right. He's everywhere, right? You just, you can't, if you're alive in America today, you cannot miss at some point an episode of The Price is Right, right? It's just, it's just out there. And this it's okay to admit if you watch The Price is Right. Now, church is a safe place. We're able to confess these sorts of things. You can admit it if you watch it and maybe even enjoy The Price is Right. But there, it's there. And, but I love the way The Price is Right always, it's, like, it's so predictable the way they announce these awards, the way they announce the big, the big um, the things you're bidding on or whatever. Because the person, you know, they all come down front and they're up front and it's the... Uh, it's not the showcase, but it's the first thing you bid on. I don't watch it that much, sorry, <laughs> if you're critiquing my uh, Price is Right uh, exposition here. Uh, but you show up, and then if you get past, you get, you get it to go up and do the showcase thing. You get to make an actual bid on the, um, on the actual the game that you're playing for. So someone comes down, they get the bid, then they're called to play a game. And the game always starts off with, right, today you're playing for... Whatever. And lots of times they'll have, you know, it's a nice china set or it's a, a, a new grill or um, some sort of just moderate level kind of gift. And everybody's like, oh, all right, I'm playing for a grill. I, that's a new Weber grill or something. They're all excited, right? And everyone's happy. And then it says, and behind this door, a new car, you know. And it's like, what? Everyone goes wild, right? Because I was glad about the grill, wasn't I? But boy, I'm really glad. They, they, you, know, you ever notice that? They amp it up. It's like, Hey, you're going to win jet skis. And I was like, okay, jet skis. To take on your career, you know, your visit to wherever, Hawaii or something. It's always, they, they amp up the way this is done. And as they do that, the crowd just loses their mind, right? As they're playing for these things. They're, they're just, they're playing you. You know that, right? They're, they're working on building you up to, okay, this is good. And then, oh, wow, this is incredible. Talk show hosts do this all the time too, right? So, I don't care which talk show host you're doing. I, I saw this, well, you're talking about, but I saw this just this week that the host was interacting with one of these ladies who had started a, a Girl Scout group in New York City. And um, she's helping 500, 600. I didn't go back and rewatch it, so my memory's not the best. But several hundred girls she's helping that are in troubled situations, she's helping them through this, this Girl Scout um, troop. And so they show up, and they kind of trick her, get her up front, and all of a sudden, hey, I know who you are, and, and we know what you're doing, and, and so we're going to, we've made a donation of $5,000 to your Girl Scout troop. You'll be able to help several, you know, many more girls with this contribution. The lady's crying. Everyone's, you know, this is amazing, you know. And isn't it, everyone's getting the warm fuzzies because they, this lady had no idea, and she's showing up getting this money. And then, you know what comes next, Right. I mean, if you watch any of these, you know what's next. As happy as that is, because any, any news like that's good news. And they say, well, and by the way, our friends at JCPenney have kicked in $50,000 to help your Girl Scout troop. Then the whole crowd just melts, and oh, the woman, she's on the floor bawling. You know, she just can't believe how incredible this news is, right? We're familiar with this kind of thing, this buildup, this here's something, here's an incredible gift. It's exciting. And then when it doesn't end there but goes farther, it's, it's almost indescribable to people as it comes along. 
can I say to you, Paul is not the price, he's not Drew Carey. He's not the price is right host or a, a talk show host here. This is the kind of reaction he's going for in this text. This is the kind of reaction he's going for. Because we read last week, when the fullness of time had come, sends forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. That's incredible news. That is incredible news for every one of us here this morning. It is incredible news that God would come to redeem those who are under the law. And shocking as it is that they could be redeemed, forgiven of their sin, reconciled back to their creator, Paul says, oh, and by the way, we're going to go farther. That redemption has a so that. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's, there's a so that to this. Y'all look at me like you don't get what I'm saying. Because this isn't ending at redemption. So they can be redeemed. So that they can be adopted as sons. The very children of God. He goes farther. I feel like I'm on the prices right when I read that. Like what? Are you kidding me? This doesn't, this goes on. This goes on. And this is exactly what he does. He redeems so that they would become his very own children. Sons of God. That we could be adopted into God's very own family. What in the world is going on? This is incredible. His own beloved children. It's what we read in John chapter 1 verse 12. We could flip back there. This this beginning of the gospel of John is just incredible. If you come back tonight, we're going to read through the whole thing. All 20 verses or so. But John chapter 1, the beginning of this gospel, and just verses 9 through 13 here this morning. The true light, this is John chapter 1 verse 9. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, this is speaking of Jesus. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He comes into the world. He comes, but to all who did, many rejected him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We see that through the work of Jesus Christ, We become children of God, which destroys the popular notion that's out there of we're all children of God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 tells us clearly clearly that by our nature we are children of wrath. John 3 verse 36 tells us that the wrath of God for anyone who does not believe in the Son, everyone who believes upon the Son has eternal life, but for those who do not, the wrath of God remains on them. That's John 3, 36. Let me read it to you just to make sure I got it right. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. He doesn't then all of a sudden earn it, but the wrath that is currently on them as a fallen human before a holy and righteous God, it remains there. It remains on them. They don't come into it new, but it's presently there for all who are not gods. And that's why there is so much joy. There should be so much joy 
When we hear the message of God's forgiveness, redemption, but not just that, not just taking you to zero, not just taking you to ground one, not just taking you up from the basement up to level ground, taking you in as family, taking you in as his own dear child. (laughs) As great as forgiveness is, as great as forgiveness is, Forgiveness and then being brought into full and forever fellowship is great, great. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it. I don't have, my, my vocabulary is too limited. I don't have Latin for it. I don't, it's great, great. I don't know. It's, it's great, great, great. It's triple. I don't know how it's great that we could be forgiven. We're going farther through the grace and mercy of God. As great as forgiveness, redemption, being set free, and as great as all of those are, it is not the final so that in this passage. It is not redeemed, forgiven, set free, and then good luck to you. It's redeemed, forgiven, set free, and adopted into the family of God. You run out of words. It's like the angels. We, we've got great good news of great joy. I mean... I, I, Good news of great joy, great news of great joy, great, great news of great, great joy. You're just amping this up. It's the difference. This is, there's a great difference between being in someone's favor and being in someone's family, right? And, and we all know this intrinsically. If you came over to my house, I would, you could have any drink, anything. You could, the fridge is yours. You're hungry. You know, come on in, eat, have something to drink. I don't anything you want. That's great. You you would all be in my favor to come over, and, and I'd be hospitable, and you could have whatever you want. But my family walks in, and they just go to the fridge, right? I mean, if they're thirsty, they aren't like checking me for a drink. They just go. There's differences between being in someone's favor and being in someone's family. Let me illustrate this. I. I I love and care for all of you, honest. I mean, you're sitting here this morning, you're a member of this church, and I, I just say that because I don't know all of you personally, but those of you who are here regularly, I love you. I want what is best for you. I want God's blessings upon your life. I can say that with every bit of honesty that I can muster up. I care for you. I want what is best for you. I'm glad I am here. I, I, I want to work together with you for your own growth in godliness and your joy in Him. I, and, I, and I just, I want to say that. I do. But can I be honest? There are three other people under this roof this morning that I really, really want things to go well for them. You know what I'm saying? And that isn't to just diminish the, the love that I do have for all of you, but there are some that they just, it is intrinsic in who they are. No matter what, they are mine. That one that dancing in the back pew, that's the one. That's one of them. <laughs> So you could, my office is just back through here in a little ways. And if any of you want, I got, I got uh, books back there. You want to borrow a book, you may go back in there. Um, I got a stash of candy back there. If a kid ever wanted a piece of candy, you could go back in there and get it. I got a stash of hot tea. Um, probably no one's going to be diving into that one, but I do. Um, and if you wanted, we could go back there and you could have anything you want. But you know what? That one there in the back, my boy, my family, my wife, my daughter, they don't even ask. Like, they just go back because they're mine, right? We're family. They don't ask me to go back, Dad, can I have candy? He comes walking out, and he's got handfuls of Jolly Ranchers. Because, because he's mine. He knows intrinsically everything that is mine is his. All that I am 
in a very real way, is his. This is what we are talking about when God dares to call us his children. (laughs) Children. We, We aren't going to this person who's favorable towards us and asking, may I have candy, may I have this, may I have whatever. We, through the adoption of Jesus Christ, his work on the cross, not only are we redeemed and found in his favor, we are brought in as family, children of the Most High God. It's one thing to be loved. It's one thing to be forgiven. It's one thing to be redeemed. And honestly, those are all amazingly wonderful things. If we stop there, joy of all joys that we could be forgiven. It's like winning the grill at Price is Right. Hey, I'll take a new grill. Why not? But this is something even farther. The gospel is far more radical than even just this. I have no desire to take away from those great realities. But what we have from God through Christ our Savior is all of those things and adoption into God's very own family. There is no part of God that He's holding back from His children. There is no part of God that He's holding back from His children. That which is the best for them, He will in no way keep back from giving to them. That which is best for them, he will in no way hold back from getting them. They don't just get, children of God don't just get God's stuff. They get God himself. The God is the gospel. The reality of the gospel is that when we trust Christ, we don't just get God's stuff. We get God himself. We are reconciled to this great creator. One of the confessions, 1689 London Baptist Confession, says it like this. All those that are justified, God vouchsafed, in and for the sake of His only Son, Jesus Christ. All those that are justified for the sake of His only Son, Jesus Christ. They are saved to make partakers of the grace of adoption. By which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. They have His name put upon them receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened by Him as Father, yet never cast off, but sealed to the day of redemption and inherit the promises of heirs of everlasting salvation. Children receive all that is their father's. They boldly approach where their father is. And there they find protection, provision, correction. Indeed, there they find all that they need. And they find themselves never cast out. Adoption isn't foster parenting. Like you're a foster kid, you come in, it's like, don't mess up. Because you can go back where you came from. Adoption is something different, right? We all get that, right? Having a friend over is not the same as saying, legally, you are mine. And for better or for worse, in our fallen state, it's what it is. We are family. This is the adoption of God. We are not those that God has brought in as foster kids saying, here's the, here's the standard, don't mess it up, or you go back to a home somewhere else. It is adopted as his children. God will never, as the confessions say, God's children will never find themselves cast off. This is the joy 
every human heart is hunting for at Christmas. This is the joy. Our Advent theme this morning is joy. This is the joy every human heart is hunting for at Christmas. By all means, enjoy your Christmas celebrations. Enjoy the gifts. Enjoy giving gifts. Enjoy getting gifts. Enjoy the company of your family. If you have loved ones coming over, enjoy the time with them. But please, for the sake of your own soul, don't forget these gifts and these good times, they are fading. They are fading. Don't forget that there are many celebrating Christmas who do not have the funds to get gifts or to give gifts. Don't forget that for many, this is the first Christmas without someone they love. Or maybe this is yet another Christmas going on again without someone that they love. Do not forget for the sake of your own soul that these gifts, they're all fading. These things are all temporal. There are so many who are going through Christmas without any gifts, without a loved one, and maybe for the first time or for yet another year. And under the tree, at those gatherings, are gifts that are all fading. But in the manger, in the gift of a son, in the gift of a man named Jesus who came to save their people from their sins, in the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, is not a gift that is fading. There we find a gift that will never fade. There we find a gift that will last forever, that will never lose its power. There we find a drink so refreshing that upon every taste you are renewed. There we find a bread of life so robust that every time we eat of it, we find ourselves refreshed. At the manger, at the cross, in this one Jesus Christ, we find a gift that never fades. We find ourselves adopted into the family of God. There in the manger, we see the Son made flesh, taking on our humiliation, taking upon Himself our reproach, so that we, those who are deserving of God's reproach, could be made sons. The Son comes, He takes the reproach, so that those who deserve the reproach, through faith in His work, could be made sons, could be redeemed, yes, so that... They could be made sons, children of God, and heirs not only of eternal life, but heirs of God and as His forever. To know this and to have this is true joy because it is a joy that will not fade, that will not wear out, that will not die out, but it is a joy that will keep you forever in the light of His presence, in the light of the presence of your Creator and now in the favor of not just your creator, but in the favor of your father as one of his own dear children. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. And the English language, and certainly my language, fails to communicate the radical joy that comes from your generosity that we would be forgiven. But not only that, and we be brought into your own family as your children in full fellowship with you as our Father through repentance and faith in your Son. God, give us eyes to see and work in all of our hearts this morning the joy of that reality and the hope of that promise. Confessing ourselves as sinners as we come to the communion table. Confessing ourselves as sinners and receiving your Son. Broken body, shed blood, 
for the forgiveness of our sins and for our adoption into your family as your own children. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.